Hey everyone, welcome to the Chipman Brothers Tangent Podcast. I'm Chris Chipman. I'm Bob Chipman. Um, so uh, yeah, we're here. Um, it's the 1st of July, if that helps anyone timestamp anything. And in between our last podcast and this one, um, we had another terrible loss for humanity and bad loss for the geek community in, uh, in Adam West, unfortunately. So, yeah. so Batman has left us. Yes, he has. That's rough. Yeah, that sucks. That really sucks. Um, like it's it's been like a month now, and it still sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. The bat, the mayor of was it the mayor of Los LA? Angeles? Yeah. Um, put up the uh, yeah. the bat signal. Well, because on the show, L.A. was Gotham City. That was because right. they, they were shooting in the Hollywood studio a lot, so it just Gotham City just looked like Los Angeles. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was that was that was a tough one. That was a really tough one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bob recently got what two Christmases ago got me the Blu-ray set for uh, all of that TV show, and it's just it's still wonderful. It is good. I hear that he may have recorded audio for a second animated one. Yeah, supposedly he had finished recording audio for the sequel to. Did you see that the uh, the, the animated movie? Uh, no, I heard it was great. It was really good. It's 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 you know it's an animated movie that follows off of because they've been doing a comic series called Batman 66 that mm-hmm. um follows off of you know continues the storyline from the, the cartoon to the degree that it had a running storyline and introduces 60s versions of characters from the comics that they didn't get to do uh famously on the old Adam West show um they were going um Two-Face was going to be one of the the recurring villains on the series and they had signed uh Clint Eastwood back before anyone had cared. Holy shit. Yeah, back when Clint Eastwood this was in that period uh when uh Clint was was nobody basically. It, it just hadn't happened for him in uh in film making. I believe this was after Rawhide mm-hmm. uh which is like, you know, what was his western show, but it was it's which is not terribly remembered today but was popular then. And uh they signed him to do Two-Face and the um they couldn't figure out a way to make Two-Face not too scary for 60s TV because you can't just put makeup on his face. You had to do some kind of, of disfigurement, you know, to make it look like another face thing. And they couldn't, like, I mean, you've seen what Twilight... Look at, like, you know, the monster faces on Twilight Zone. You can right. really imagine what a monster face would look like on 60s TV. And they just thought that it... Like, if it was his whole face, it was one thing. But the fact that it's half of it, there's no way to make that not look like a disfiguring injury. And it's too would have been too gross for TV wow. for the time. So um, Clint ultimately did not get to make that one and thus ended up uh, in Italy making low-budget cowboy movies for Sergio Leone. So um, that's where the, the the spaghetti westerns came from. So, you know, only the launch of an entire genre. Holy shit. And they were going to do... Um, via the the sequel which supposedly has its audio um i don't know what they'll do with it now but they were working toward making um a a sequel to return of the cape crusaders um that would have had a william shatner as a a the voice of the batman 66 version of two-face oh that's fantastic So, so i hope they they finish it um i can't uh you know the thing is now obviously they can't do audio pickups with adam west so, uh, you right. know, and, uh, Burt Ward is still alive and is, was still the voice of Robin, yes. uh, in, in those. So, uh, you know, we'll see. They also had, uh, Julie Newmar was back as Catwoman in the previous one. Uh, the only person still alive from the main villain cast. The trailer was great. So yeah, yeah. I can only imagine it was good, but yeah, it was fun. It had, uh, had a lot of fun at the, the gimmick of the, of the movie is that, uh, something 
is done to Batman early in the uh, in the plot of like getting hit with some sort of uh, poison gas or some such from one of the bad guys is that the gimmick of this is that he begins to act not like himself and everyone is very concerned. The gimmick is he's acting like the more modern conception of Batman. Oh you boy, know, so is he doing like a, a Christian Bale voice? Not a Christian Bale voice, no, but it's just, it's the little things like the fact that um, he doesn't, uh, you know, dismiss himself from uh, the commissioner's office. He he just kind of vanishes and everyone acts like that. It's like, you know, that's very strange. Batman's usually so polite. Does does he all, all of a sudden have a neck injury and is unable to turn his head? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd be I am looking at you. I'd be spoiling where it goes, but it goes oh, in a, I, a, I can't wait to see a it. very entertaining direction. So, uh, you know, Adam West also, uh, very well known to, uh, you know, modern audiences have known him as a frequent television guest star. Uh, he was on Family Guy pretty yeah, much since the first season. Have they done anything about that? Is, is Family Guy in a run or are they making episodes? Is... The, the issue with Adam West on Family Guy is that, um, his, uh, voice had already been recorded for another five episodes that have okay. yet to air. So there are still, so Mayor West is still alive in, in the Family Guy universe, uh, so far. Okay. So, uh, so we don't know what happens after that because they had done a few just joke things that uh, Mayor West was was dead in various other episodes. But oh, it, those but will it, be hard to watch now. Well, they come back there. Like, there's one when they went to a uh, oh, um, when uh, the the Cleveland show when Loretta's funeral was on the Cleveland show, they did a cut back to uh, to Mayor West uh, sitting in the uh, the the viewers ship at the uh, funeral, and then he kind of says it when he goes. Well, none of you came to my funeral, and then he stands up and like immediately fades out. It's <laughs> actually awesome. Yeah. So, so that's now there. So, who knows exactly uh, where that's going? But uh, that, yeah. So, um, yeah. Big, big loss was Adam West. Really terrific guy. Ter- terrific uh, television personality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Um. Uh, uh. Side note to that. Um. You know, th- there's plenty, plenty that could be said. Uh, we wanted to mention it. You know, morning across all of culture. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's not a ton, you know, we could probably do a podcast about we could, Batman. Yeah, um, yeah, we yeah, could, yeah. But I wanted to let everybody know that this is the first time Bob and I have been in the same room for one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if the podcast audio sounds better, worse, indifferent, yeah. um, we're sitting next to each other in my house. Well, you so. know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Who are all you people? <laughs> Indeed. Um, <laughs> so, Bob, uh, you know, with superheroes on the brain. Yeah. Um, you recently this week, and I think your review for it dropped today. Uh, no, the review will drop on uh, next week, next week. So, for, uh, for so Spider-Man homecoming, is there an embargo or can you talk about it? Uh, no, the movie's not embargoed. It's just, um, you know, the, the Marvel and Sony are very happy with this movie. So the press is allowed to talk about it now. Okay. So. Well, we, we talked about our anticipation of it in our guardians of the galaxy. Yes. Podcast. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I had felt, Cautiously optimistic, yeah. but worried. I mean, I think the internet knows what you think of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies, and mm-hmm. I've shared my um, agreement that I think Spider-Man 2 could be one of the finest superhero films ever put to screen. Yeah. It's just perfect, um, it, and I, I will get jumped on for that. I know Spider-Man 3 comes after, and Raimi was angry. And, you know, then there's the two reboots, which I haven't watched. Yeah. So I, they're not supposed to be good, but I haven't seen them. They so are I, won't, I won't say anything. They're but, um, terrible. Uh, you had some thoughts about Homecoming. So tell me a little about it. This is going to become like the Nazi party, like from <laughs> Tusk or something, where yeah. you're just going to tell me about shit I haven't seen. But uh, <laughs> You know, Spider-Man Homecoming is fine. It's just fine. I'm still working on my review, so I don't have a lot of uh, full things. 
Uh, I was really hoping to be, like, either over the moon about this movie or just kind of okay with it. Because I really didn't want it to be bad again because, you know, I, I just... The, the last couple Spider-Man movies were so bad and, uh, you know, it, it's like the Marvel thing has been on such a good winning streak, uh, you know, and this is, it's, you know, the lessons were the, the amazing Spider-Man. This is, this is the good enough Spider-Man. All right. It's, it's okay. It's not, uh, it's not wonderful. It's definitely, it's the most underwhelmed I've been by any of the Marvel Universe adjacent things since, uh... Well, leaving aside Iron Fist because Iron Fist just flat out sucked. Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah, I- Iron Iron, <laughs> Iron Fist was just the wor- oh my god, Iron Fist is so bad. I wish you would watch Iron Fist so that, so I've, that we I've could, seen we could talk um, about how pilot how bad but, Iron and Fist it's is. not and that's not good. So I can't imagine if it just continues to not be good. I You're would, not Danny Rand. Oh, I'm no. going to say Danny Rand a few more times so that we can establish that everyone should be thinking about Danny Rand all the time. Oh, Danny god. Rand. So so then so Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah. Not, not overwhelming, not underwhelming, just kind of exists. It's good. It's there are little things that I like about it. It it doesn't go up too well, and I'm struggling with my opinion on it because I feel underwhelmed. You know, um, and you you have to ask yourself: Are you comparing it to the Sam Raimi movies, which is unfair? Nothing's ever going to be that good. It's like holding Superman to Christopher Reeve. Well, right. I mean, Sp- Spider Man Two is like is Christopher Reeve level. Yeah, like they they exist in the same universe. Yeah, it's as good as the first two Superman movies. Yeah. And- um. But, Spider-Man 1, dodgy but great. Uh, yeah, Spider-Man 2 is just is perfect. Epic. Yeah. This is... I, I I ask myself, you know, is this actually under... Because the, the conceit of this one is that this is the first one that really digs in on this is a high school comedy, teenage romance melodrama thing, first and foremost. That's but, not being acted by, like, 32-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, but also the guy is spider Like, if you can imagine, you know, you're an, an average John Hughes movie or, like, an episode of Degrassi or Saved by the Bell, more so Degrassi, I would say, but one of the guys just also happens to be Spider-Man, that's basically what they've made. And I like that about it, but I, I did not find myself swept up in any of the, the drama, and I, I'm given to wonder if either the movie didn't do it well enough or am I just finally, have I hit that magic life point where it is impossible to relate to high school stuff being a big deal? Like, am I just now biologically, physically incapable of seeing a storyline that is mainly about, you know, who am I taking to this big dance? I have detention, Mm. et cetera, and engaging with, and I don't think so because I liked the edge of 17 well, and I liked Sing Street, both of which are, you need to watch Sing Street. Yeah, you, yeah. You, Sing, of, Sing Street's yeah. on my uh... the, the both of you. Uh, Chris's wife Sarah's in the room. Hello, Sarah, Hi. over there. Um, we uh, both of you need to watch uh, Sing Street. But like, I I can invest in the drama of those, but not so much. And it's not to say that I didn't care. It's just sort of it's kind of like in in the Iron Man movies and whatnot. You're kind of invested in what's going on with even with, though with, none of us are rich billionaires, right? That yeah, yeah. Weapons. yeah. Yeah, but so. but but here's the thing. Yeah, I, I guess the question I would have, having not seen it, is that does Spider Man number one have to do that? Kind of like you'd yeah. say, like Breakfast Club, right? Yeah, is relatable to people that aren't teenagers. Yeah. by way of almost Kevin Smith style writing, where yeah, it's like right. these kids are speaking mm-hmm. almost like more intelligent or further along in life than yeah. they really are. They're yeah. written older than they are. Is uh-huh. almost yeah. the, right. the idea. So. Is our love for Spider-Man the Spider-Man you'd expect? Yeah. Does it carry on because you grew 
you were able to um you were able to associate with it at the age when you were young and looked at it the first time and since those themes are yep. kind of with you forever mm-hmm. that you grew up to it so it's like now that's the Spider-Man that I um yep. tie myself to but say the Sam Raimi one kind of had a more old fashioned yeah. high school kind of a thing that we could relate to mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. does this one need to have done that or is it doing a good enough job by trying to relate to just like a millennial generation teenager well the thing the thing of it is, i don't know yeah. if that's the right thing to say because i yeah, haven't yeah. seen yeah, it yeah no but. that's that's i mean that that's that's valid i think the difference is is i am i'm not i'm like in terms of you know how does this work as a spider-man fan you know this one is and admirably i think is really not concerned with my generation of spider-man fans this this is in in tone and execution it's very much ultimate spider-man uh, it is. It doesn't. Uh, you know, if there is a Daily Bugle or all of the other stuff in this universe, we don't know. This. this oh, is, interesting. It's all. Uh, you know, there's. I won't give spoilers, but you know, a lot of people are wondering who certain actors and actresses are playing in the movie. And there's when we eventually find out what various people's names and roles in the story are. It really does feel like they are not feeling wedded at all to the the traditional version of who everyone is. You know, like there is a Flash Thompson. He is a bully. He is not uh, a high school jock. He is another smart kid in the school who picks on Peter because he doesn't like him. Interesting. As opposed to, you know, there. this is very much, and, and I like that about it. It's so, like, in terms of how does this hit me as a Spider-Man fan, I don't care. I'm, I'm talking about just in terms of movie drama. You know, it's like, I like, like I'm not Spider-Man, so I, obviously I can't relate to that part of his, uh, his, his life scenario, but um, I shouldn't need to. You know, like uh, right, the can, mo- the movie should do some legwork yeah. to make you relate, right? Like, like I mean, I was already out of high school and uh, you know very much done with the teenage mindset when Mean Girls came out, which I know is like a decade old, but like I could relate to that story and I could, you know, I was invested in what happened. What's her name, Katie? I think so. C A D Y, Katie. I think so. Katie. Yeah, right. Yeah, sorry, is that her name in Mean Girls? I think she's watching Gem. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so whatever, whatever, uh, I think that's what it was. Yeah. So the, um, so, so yeah, like edge of 17, you know, I'm not a teenage girl now, but the Juno, I'm not a pregnant teenage girl, but I can follow that. Yeah. Or a hipster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not, uh, either of those characters. So I don't, so, you know, I don't know. It's, um, it's just, it's kind of lightweight. The stakes don't feel like they're there. Like the narrative makes sense. The story makes sense. It's very fun, you know. The action scenes are kind of perfunctory and forgettable. It's not really an action movie. There's a couple big action scenes, but it is much more about him being in high school and such. Like, the two best Spider-Man scenes, quote-unquote, one is a comedy scene, the running joke of which is, hey, outside the specific context of Manhattan where he can swing on things, Spider-Man is kind of useless. You know, it's oh, how, that's awesome. So it's like, how does like how would Spider-Man travel very quickly oh. through the suburbs? And I was like, wow, he actually can't because that that's doesn't do like, anything. That's put, like, put, put Spider-Man in Smallville, right? Yeah, right, yeah. How like, would, well, it's it's more just Spider-Man going to upstate still ma- imagine that, right? Yeah. Like, I get these powers, but um, I live on a farm. Yeah, right. It doesn't, it, you know. They, I don't have things to. This is the end. Wow, there, and there's there's an extended sequence that is all about him being stuck somewhere and learning to use the the new Iron Man type suit that he has that has right. all of these. It has functions and it has like its own AI that he can talk to. None of which I'm a big fan of. I don't think no that, that bothers me. that bothers me. I I don't like it as a Spider Man thing, but you know it. Um, they build it into a funny scene. It's like okay, how do we, you know, you know, just have a scene where a character sitting around talking to himself. 
Okay. So, but it's but you know it it's uh, it's uh, the kids really good. The cast is really good. Like I like the movie. I think it's a decent two and a half to three star movie. It's fine. Um, I I do think that like I hope that now that they've established everything and said okay that's fun. Oh, it has an absolutely killer like go home like on a uh, I won't do what the ending is, but in terms of a you know. Wow, didn't expect that to be like the the singer of the like that kind mm-hmm. of thing is is very uh, good and it has probably the best post credit scene of of the modern Marvel era. I will say Great. that. So it has a hell of a post credit scene. So just stick around for that. Uh, I like the meta aspect in terms of the production of the the history of this thing that the movie really is about the Sony Spider Man continuously begging Robert Downey Jr. to let him be in the Avengers movies. That's awesome. So there is that going on. It's fine. No, I, I hope in the next one, because there will be a next one, that, you know, they find some stakes for him to do that are actually, like, let him let him have some drama come on out. How How's the casting? Love it. Love the casting. Okay, so it's not yeah. it's not a failing there, because Holland, Holland looks perfect yeah, the kid in the trailers. Yeah, the- how's, um... I mean, we we get we get a lot of criticism in Marvel movies, especially recent Marvel movies. Yeah, uh, actually, all the way back to Iron Man for not having the strongest villains in the world. Yeah, how's um how's our good buddy Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's fun. I like him. Does a he lot. have something to do? Yeah, or yeah. is he just kind of one note, just there as an antithesis? Yeah, he's the, he's the vulture, and uh, it's it. I would say the the villain in this one is about as central to the plot as the villain of the Sam Raimi ones. So okay. he's not the main guy, but he's not disposable. There's the, there's well, I mean, yeah. are we talking like Doc Ock? Uh, more more Cause... more like the Green Goblin. Okay, where, where, this, okay. Where, where this character is, they you know they're aware of each other, and it drives the plot. But it's not uh, the the main thing. It's you know the bad guy is doing his thing. Every once in a while, it interferes with Spider Man. the The thrust of the movie is that. We are a month after Civil War, basically. Right, which, and, which is still phenomenal. Yeah. And, and Peter <laughs> Parker has now come back to New York and is basically has convinced himself that this means he's going to be an Avenger and therefore doesn't have to worry about school, doesn't have gotcha. to worry about college, doesn't have to worry about anything else, and is waiting around impatiently bothering Tony Stark about when he gets to come do more missions and as a result is effing up in school, screwing up his social life and also taking stupid risks outside of his ability as a superhero in order to try and get himself more into the Avengers. So, 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 it, it, so, yeah. so good enough modernized kind of redo yeah, it, of the fine. Spider-Man learning to be Spider-Man. Yeah, I like storyline. I mean, yeah. what, um, is there a mention of an uncle Ben? No, um, there's, this is determinedly to be I, different. Well, and I think that this is wrong. Like we're told, he tells us what his origin is, and it's the spider bite as as normal. Yeah, so yeah. it's all that. And I'm glad we don't have to go back through right. that. And he continually mentions, you know, what like there's the whole thing about since they can't do Aunt May is old and sickly anymore because Marissa Tomei has the role. Yeah, Miss still looks younger than Marissa Tomei even should yeah. look. But Marissa Tomei has not aged appreciably since like 1994. So, um, uh, so she's there. So instead, the it's in places, you know, I can't, uh, you know, I can't uh, make Aunt May mad or upset her after everything that happened. So it's implied that something happened. Okay. okay. But like, and I think this might be an issue with me is that they've, they've consciously left out Uncle Ben and left out the Daily Bugle, left out, uh, you know, any of the normal seats of, of intense drama for Spider-Man. And I think if there's an issue, it's that I under, I, I appreciate not having to go back to Uncle Ben, 
but they didn't fit in anything else into the story to take to take the place of that emotional resonance. So there's like there's a scene of uh oh, Spider-Man is stuck in a place. He needs to summon his Spider-Man strength and you know get over his shit and you know do the I am heroic, lift the heavy thing thing. And in any other of the Spider-Man movies, you would say, oh okay, well this is where you play the with great power comes great responsibility yeah. line. And they're they don't really have any of that to go to in this. And you feel not necessarily the missing of that, but you feel the missing of okay, this is where something that needs to make a point would come back into the story, and it doesn't so much. It's just kind of like, hey, I really need to do this thing because I need to do this thing. And it's it, it it's not it's not a bad film. It's a little on the underwhelming side. Who knows if that's fair? You know, is it fair to hold any... Are all of the Spider-Man movies just going to be in Sam Raimi's shadow forever, and is that just an, an unworkable thing? The cast is real good. Um, the kid playing Ned is a lot of fun. The mm. The... the, the Ned Leeds is now Peter Parker's fat friend, and it's it's just an Asian Jonah Hill from Superbad. Like that's the entirety of his character, but it's fun. Uh, Tony Revolori from uh, you've seen uh, he was in um, uh, oh uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Great, uh, he, he, he was the uh, the the lobby boy from yes. the uh, Grand Budapest yes. Hotel. He's Flash Thompson. All right, that's cool. Yeah, he's cool, and it and it is a new Flash. He's he's a bully who picks on Peter, but also they're both in like the academic decathlon team. Like Flash is the it's it's millennial high school now, so Flash is he's the big man on campus because he's like you know fast but also smart and good at everything. Uh, uh, Zendaya is in the movie playing a character named uh, Michelle, and that's all I'll say about uh, Zendaya in the gotcha. movie because there's there's a a reveal there. Um, the young lady, I miss her name um, because I'm 36 years old. So people who originate on Disney channel, Nickelodeon, etc., I don't know who they are. I don't mm. recognize them. Apparently the girl playing, uh, the new, uh, Liz Allen. Okay. Uh, is uh, a big deal. I mean, Liz Allen is black now. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. Peter Parker appears to be the only white child at this school. Like this is the, it's like, we're, it's like we're halfway toward the Marvel diversity initiative. So it's like, Hey, you know, we, we've made Spider-Man very diverse. Literally everyone in this movie, but Peter Parker is a person of color. And isn't that great? Which makes me wonder, was the radioactive spider racist? Probably. Like did the spider, cause it seems to have bitten the only young white child at Midtown high, but you know, also the, mo- <laughs> the, the, the movie doesn't bring this up. Like the, like, I, I feel like even 10 years ago, like, if you wrote a movie where, okay, here's our mainstream superhero movie where our teenage superhero, our white teenage superhero, has a crush on and is pursuing the hottest chick in school who, who is black, that there would be, like, a writer would have felt a need to mention that. Yeah, you know, and, you'd, and, you'd have, like, save the last dance. Well, no, yeah, there would be, a, at the very least, there would <laughs> be, like, there would be a plot point where someone said, like, even make a, a joke, even make a joke about it, like, pretty fly for a white guy or some shit, right? Yeah. But, like, in this week, it's like, no, this is, like, it's, uh, I don't know if such things actually are no longer an issue for the general millennial audience. I kind of hope so, but the movie acts like it should be, so I, I, I like. I that actually about. get the rub for the, that it, yeah. that's really true. Yeah, I think we may very well be seeing, yeah. from what I know of my friends that have kids, yeah, the first generation of early teens that like yeah. it's no longer like, oh, television and movies and stuff are telling me that this stuff is okay, so I'm a. I'm yeah, agreeing right. that it's okay. It's no, it's just not an issue for me. Yeah. And I'm hearing that from a lot of yeah. people. Like the very diverse groups of friends that yeah. you just like I mean, we grew up in yeah. Lynn. 
we had very diverse groups of friends yeah, anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just what we got, you know, from where we live. Right? Yes. It's impossible yes. to have just a group of white friends. Right. Yeah. It, that well, doesn't work. Is, for, the rest, <laughs> for the rest of the podcast, this is a podcast being recorded in um, Massachusetts about a movie that takes place in New York. So we recognize that this may not be an accurate sample to, yes. to the wokeness of the rest of the country. I'm sure if, if Spider-Man Homecoming was set in like... Uh, you know, Macon, Georgia, or something that this probably would be a thing, and, and maybe it won't that, play well in Macon, Georgia. Yeah, I I imagine that uh, the, uh, the 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 men's rights uh, people and such will be very uh, the 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 bad folk of the internet will will be uh, the 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 loud shout the the loud YouTube shouty men will be upset. There's there's a scene, there's a safe segment of the movie that takes place in Washington D.C. that has some choice dialogue about Washington monuments and various. Uh, you know, patriotic iconography stuff from a few of these characters who are perhaps not uh, young white men that uh, is uh, going to be interestingly received, and I like that about it. Like all of that's there. It's uh, it's it's a it's a uh, a song. There's even there's a, there's a subplot in this movie that pays off in a surprise reveal that would be the place where you would mention that su- that of of you know characters being of of races that you would not expect. In, in of that sort of thing that like it's like oh wow I would have figured this out sooner if not for X but uh, you know and doesn't even come up so it's 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 interesting in that in that respect it's more it's it's a movie that I admire and am interested by more than I actually enjoyed and maybe it's because they didn't focus on the action so there's not like a oh my god what a big Spider Man moment uh, the Vulture is cool though I like Michael Keaton a lot cool yeah well, so yeah had fun. No, awesome. Yeah. And, and again, me, for me, I've always liked I've always liked the human aspect of Spider Man. Yeah. Um. And, and just like my favorite parts of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies aren't. I mean, yeah, the Superman stuff's iconic, but yeah. it's more the quiet mm. stuff. And I, you know, I always think you know it'll never happen because of the Sony and Marvel thing. But I always think out of anything in in Marvel, yeah, um, Spider Man would be the best to have a TV show. Yeah, I would. I would really like or I, a Netflix yeah. series, even not yeah. even be, because. I think you know when, when I when when I saw Spider Man on screen for the first time, yeah, in the Raimi one, that was the reaction I had coming out of it. Is man, I wish they'd give like some young indie guy like ten million bucks mm-hmm. to make a Spider Man B story and just yeah. get me a Spider Man movie every year. Yeah, because um, you can you can have like you say there's not a lot of impact. It's kind of it, yeah. it's just kind of there, mm. kind of like Ant Man. You know what I mean? Where it's kind of a I smaller... Was more, I was more invested in the drama right. in Ant-Man, though. Right. It's kind of a smaller thing. I love yeah. Ant-Man. Yeah. It's kind of a smaller thing. Um, but knowing... Having Spider-Man be the human element of this is what's going on in yeah. the MCU mm-hmm. while Thor and everybody else are not doing anything. Right, yeah. Um, I buy a lot more than, like, say, in a Thor movie having to go, so I wonder why Captain America and the Hulk aren't around. Right, yeah. It, it makes more sense with Spider-Man. So having Tony Stark kind of be his liaison into the Avengers, yeah, I buy all of it. Yeah. That's really cool. But um, maybe having, instead of having made Iron Fist, they did, you know, a bang-up job like they did on most of Daredevil yeah. with a Spider-Man weekly series yeah, or would, Netflix series. Be- because I think with the budgets these things get now... yeah. I think you could do Spider-Man. I think he's an easier mm. one to do yeah. than than some of the others. Well, I think we'll, um, we'll find out what that might look like when uh, Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, that, yeah, that's okay. Be a show. Cloak okay. and Dagger is a show. Uh, we oh, we get the Punisher show this year, which which should be cool. I hope. Uh, did you watch the second season of Daredevil? Oh, I haven't finished it, but that Punisher is awesome. Saw, yeah, like they well cast. Yeah, well cast. Like I, I'm really looking forward to the Punisher TV show, even though I have a feeling I'm going to hate everyone who loves the Punisher. The, the TV Punisher. Show. 
casting is is as inspired as um uh Kingpin. Yeah. Oh in yeah. the first season. It's just like wow. Yeah. I didn't think I could be refreshed by that character. Yeah. Holy shit. I, I, I wish that <laughs> I wish that Marvel TV and Marvel movies would get along a little better so that I could see Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin in a Spider-Man movie. Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin is one of the greatest creations the MCU's come up with, that and they've amazing. come up with a lot of good yeah. ones. Um, that that's for a different day. That's so, another so, show. Okay, so, so Spider-Man, yeah. um, decent. I can't wait to see it yeah. on the next one. I'll probably talk about. I have fun. Um, next, I, I do want to talk about something that's um, and again, you know, ready for the backlash. Um, I have never seen, had never, seen. had never seen, yeah, Blade Runner. Mm. Dun dun dun. Um. And I can explain to you why. Bob and I grew up in a household with a father who recorded everything on HBO. Everything. 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 And he had like a 200 VHS tape on long play with three two-hour movies on every VHS tape. Mm -hmm. Library of the greatest hits of 1970 to 1996. Yeah. Like growing up. So... Why would he have? We've seen Star Wars, Flight of the Navigator, Animal House, Rambo. You know all these great things. How come not Blade Runner? And I figured it out. Blade Runner just wasn't popular when it came out. Yeah, especially because of you know the, the the American cut. From what I've heard, it was garbage. Um, it's or, fine. It's so so great. so here's the deal. I watched Blade Runner in the Ridley Scott most recent final cut yes. version. Um, so won't go, I don't know what the other versions look like. Mm -hmm. Um, similarly, my first, my first, um, viewing of Brazil was through you and your multi DVD criterion of Brazil, where we watched the final cut first and then went back to the love conquers all garbage edition. (laughs) But, but I've heard Blade Runner got kind of similar messing with not as bad, but similar. So, so here's the thing. I didn't know much about Blade Runner. I knew it was noir. I knew it was a sci-fi movie, sci-fi. but I can't believe, after watching it, that a movie in 1982 had the balls to be so small and slow in story. Mm. It was just it, like like the best noir, like a like you know like um like a Casablanca or the Third Man. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just had a lot going on. Like I didn't know. I mean, I know Philip K. Dick. I know that they adapted a lot of this stuff, and I kind of want to talk about that, but. It just surprised me. And number number two, the thing that struck me, and I, and I had known that the movie was supposed to be visually stunning, mm. but as someone that's seen everything that bought borrowed from this but yeah. never seen this, the movie still looks like it could play in a theater right now. Oh, Blade Runner's gorgeous, yeah. Like, right now. And it, it, it was right on that precipice of digital effects just not being there yet. Yeah. Because remember, like, 83, 84, everything got the bad VFX sequence or bad VFX yeah. character that we still hold near and dear to our hearts. Right. But there's everything in Blade Runner is handcrafted. Yeah. And man, I just freaking ate it up. Mm. I, I loved it. And watching it immediately, every movie, the, the Matrix, you know, Total Recall, just Philip T. Dick, everything yeah. else like it mm-hmm. just jumped into my head watching it. And it's weird. There's not much in my life I've gotten to experience that way. Mm-hmm. Right, because we we saw everything. Why Blade Runner? Why not Blade Runner? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, I just wanted to 
you know, talk a little bit about that. I mean, my experience, I mean, I didn't even know the whole replicant thing that there was a controversy about people wondering if Harrison Ford's character was seeing this final cut. I mean, it, it, the movie seems not that it's trying to be clear about it, but it seems to be that's supposed to be the mystique of it. Yeah. People that know Harrison Ford's character all seem to question after talking to him for 10 seconds. Hey, uh, yeah, everything we just talked about with this guy that you're interviewing to be a replicant, are you sure you're not one? I mean, your deadpan delivery mm-hmm. on everything, yeah. the fact that you carry around a set of photos of your past like all of the other ones. Does any of this know? And, yeah. and, and what I thought was great is that each replicant that he's chasing down and horrifically murdering in this film, Yeah, you see a little bit of something that you've just witnessed him do in a prior scene in them. So you kind of get, you know, a, a little bit of the looking into your past that you get with mm-hmm. the, the couple of female characters. And then you get, you know, um, the kind of aggressive, you know, like alpha male thing of um, actor is going to pop out of my brain. Um, the big baddie, Ruck, uh, Rucker, Rucker Howard. Howard. Right. And, and there's just so much to it. Mm. And, and I just ate it up. What about, when did you see it the first time? The first time I saw Blade Runner was, was significantly after, um, it had come out like we, well, we it came we, out the year after you were born. Yeah, right. So, so I did not see Blade Runner theaters, <sighs> and it, it was also you know same house was not part of my regular rotation. I saw I did see Blade Runner eventually on I believe it was on cable. It was on like a TNT or a TBS. Mm-hmm. So it was the television version edited up that also had the the Harrison Ford narration. So not the ideal place to see Blade Runner in. But you know my reaction was again it's Blade Runner is probably like was the last big big sci fi movie to come out with big actors in it for a while that uh, had absolutely no interest in whether or not children could follow it. So Also, you stick a big actor in a movie like that now. I mean, hell, had Blade Runner come out after, like, the third Indiana Jones movie? Yeah. There'd be no way Harrison Ford would have been in this movie. No, no. It's violent. It's nasty. And I'm not talking, like... Matrix violent. I'm yeah. talking poke out someone's eyeballs with your fucking thumbs and show it on screen yeah, violent. Yeah. It's gross. It's, yeah, yeah. Blade and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't care even that you'll be offended. I mean, the, 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 uh, if, you, if that does get picked up, um, we're near the 4th of July in Lynn, Massachusetts, and this place becomes a war zone. So those are a bunch of fireworks going off. Yeah. Um, but, uh, what was I going to say? The, uh, you just don't get that level of gore in a mainstream movie since. No, not pretty really. much. I mean, it, yeah. it's pretty gross. It is. It is, and it's you know, and I, and I'm not. I was less talking more about like you know the the appropriate but more of you know even like aliens and whatnot. Like compare the original Alien to Aliens, and there's that marked difference of oh, okay, we figured out that the main audience going to see big movies, regardless of their rating, are twelve. And, you know, it's, it's key the way, so whereas Blade Runner, you know, I, I saw it as, you know, probably around 10 or 11 was the first time I saw Blade Runner, and I got it, but, uh, you know, didn't necessarily think that it was, you know, it, it's not keyed in any way to that wheelhouse, which is fine. So then, you know, seeing it later as well, going like, oh, wow, yeah, this this is, this is huge, and all of the influence. So, you know, I it's one of my favorite things. I, I love Blade Runner a lot. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new one, I hope. Yeah, that, that's the next thing I wanted to talk about. So yeah. I, I saw the trailer for the new Blade Runner. Yeah. Blade Runner 2049. 2049, yeah. Is that And again, great cast, um, great director. Yes. I mean, Ar- Arrival is an incredible movie. Yep. Um, Prisoners is an even more incredible movie. Yeah. 
Um, the guy, the guy's just home runs all around, as far as I'm concerned. And Villeneuve so, is good. Uh, and Villeneuve, and um, you know, the fact that he's directing it, and Ridley Scott is just kind of there as an overseer, makes me excited. Yeah, because Scott, while well, The Martian is great, you know, he's kind of in his George Lucas phase mm-hmm, of kind of mm-hmm. being. Yeah, I'm, I am a great idea man. Let me be an idea man. I'm happy for someone else to put his vision on screen. Um, so I saw the trailer first, and I went, "Wow." I now know from this trailer that I have no idea whether to be excited or not about mm-hmm, how this mm-hmm. looks. Yeah. Because it looks like a great movie to me. Yeah. But I don't know if it looks like Blade Runner. And then I watched Blade Runner and went back and watched the trailers and I was like, okay, somebody is no perfect trying to make this feel mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Blade Runner. Now, whether that works in a Force Awakens type of a way, and it's just kind of like a silly, you know great but silly you know nod to everybody or whether it's its new own thing which i don't really think we've gotten in this reboot not reboot but continuation thing have we really gotten anything that feels like a brand new continuation and not just a pandering kind of a thing not not really right i mean uh we we just don't do and i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just wondering if this could be the first it could be right it, it looks because it's not it's not a prequel and I think that's the best thing about it. It's not a prequel. And and so now after what I get from the trailer, going back and looking at, um, you know, the, the trailers and talking about my reaction to Blade Runner, you know, the whole big thing is that you get these characters that are kind of heavy handedly, but visual cue more heavy handedly than anything yeah. else, trying to point out that, hey, maybe this Harrison Ford guy needs to look in a mirror because he might very well be a replicant himself. I'm getting the sense that it, that 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 he already knows. I think he already knows exactly. Yeah. But but I think the best thing about Blade Runner mm-hmm. is that the movie never flat out comes and says it. Yeah. They pepper it with visual cues, especially the unicorn yeah. little yeah. Um, thing that the guy makes at the, the end and leaves the origami yeah. unicorn. But they never say it. So I get the feeling that they're not going to be able to help themselves in yeah. just beating you over the head with it. But I really hope that this whole movie is a lot more people questioning him, yeah. but they still don't tell you. Well, because in the original, I mean, if you follow it to the logical conclusion, if, you know, that if Deckard is a replicant and he is a replicant whose programming is to chase the other replicants, then presumably his chief knows, presumably... um uh, James. Um, oh, the the act, the other actor. Um, Edward James almost. Ed, presumably, Edward James almost must know because he leaves him the thing. Uh, pres- presumably, uh, Edward the, James almost seems to have disdain for him because yeah, of it. That, it's kind of like a professional disdain. Like you know, yeah. I respect you for what we've been through together, but also you're lower than me. Well, it's like, also it's 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 a comp. It's it's a it's the comp version of a steelworker looking at the machine that's replacing. Yeah, him. exactly. So so you know it's. You know, the trick of it is, is that, you know, do the replicants know that they're replicants? I mean, you know, what would be, what would make him the perfect cop to hunt this down would be a replicant who doesn't know that he is, and, you know, that he seems to be becoming aware of that. And if he does, is that the point where they shut him off? Well, that's the thing, yeah. is, though, is he, is he another Nexus, like the girl presumably is? Yeah. Or as we're told is, where his time expiration date might not, um, yeah. might not be what everyone else's is. Yeah. I mean, Because if you yeah. create him to hunt other replicants... What's yeah? He probably you want him around for a bit, right? You don't want to have to keep retraining that, right? Right. Yeah, so is 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 he hiding out because it's past his time? You know, is Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh, that, that's the other guy, right? No, it's um, no, it's, the, it's the it's the other. It's Jake not Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. It's um, wow. Why are we sucking at this? Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. It's right, Ryan yeah. Gosling and um, the new Joker. 
Oh yeah, yeah, right. The um. Uh, no, sorry, the, I, I like him more than putting that on him. Jared, but, uh, Jared, Jared Leto. Jared, Jared Leto the, was also in the this lead movie. singer of Thirty Seconds to Mars. Oh my God, there's just nothing good about him. <laughs> I actually don't mind him. There I just... is nothing good about Jared. There's nothing good. It's like, it's like, oh well, aren't you that terrible actor? And then uh, directly followed by, uh, you know, it's like, no, I'm also, well, yeah, but I'm also a musician. Oh, really? Who are you with? You know, cut to, I am 30 seconds to Mars. Done. So, uh, yeah. Whatever happened to Brad Renfro? Remember that dude? Brad Renfro? Yeah. I haven't heard that name for a while. Yeah. What the, what did happen to Brad Renfro? Yeah, the last I heard, wasn't he in a boating accident or something? I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. Just yeah. tell us. Yeah. Someone tell commented tell us what, happened to, what happened to Brad Renfro. Renfro. If you're Brad Renfro and you listen to this podcast, please tell us. Oh, shit. Wait, did he die? If he died, I'm going to feel bad. Oh, we suck. Yeah. Well, well we're not looking it up yeah, either way. So, yeah. Um, love, love you. Love, loved you. And oh, I just realized I'm also not thinking of Brad Renfro. I'm thinking of Steven Dorff. That's the name. Yeah. You said Brad because of Dorif. Yeah, right. Hey, there's a Curse of Chucky, a Cult of Chucky trailer. Cult of Chucky, yes. Looks awesome. It looks cheap, and that's how Chucky movies should look. Yeah. All of you haters that think digital effects make them better. Yeah, the Child's Play movies would not be good if they looked better than they did. All right. Uh, so is a Blade Runner. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Can replicants procreate? I don't think so. I mean, we don't but really even... could they? Like, do you think if him and the girl are from another Nexus... Then maybe them stooping, which by the way would not play well today. That that yeah. initial sex scene between them, where Harrison Ford brutalizes her a little bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was well, a little yeah. intense. Yeah, but it's kind of like you're lower than me and slaps her around a little bit. Yeah, and I'm like, what is yeah, happening? Yeah, here? That's, that's, un- that's that's yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> it just it felt like something like from the fifties. Well, the whole movie is supposed to, but yeah, wow, that that does feel a little different. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm just wondering, like, could could that be, you know, our, maybe our big reveal is the thing that worked so well for Superman Returns? Hell, you never know. <clears throat> Even though I love that movie, we could we could we could find out when uh, Blade Runner 2049. That's in a couple of months, though. That's in August. Uh, August, September, or, August or October. Yeah. Ooh, nothing's in September. An an interesting side point before we get to whatever else we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, more Philip K. Dick things. We also have Valerian coming out. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I cannot fucking wait for Valerian. When I heard, hey, remember how you didn't like Lucy all that much because it was kind of just a cash grab and we didn't give Luke Besson full creative control? Well, guess what? He got full creative control of this one. And it yeah. looks like Luke Besson's avatar, and I mean that Luke Besson can actually write. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I don't. Avatar's good, but, yeah. you know, this looks like something like like. Blade Runner that doesn't care if you're going to go yeah. and see it. You know, <laughs> you know, this is we we should not have had to wait this long for even an unofficial follow up to the Fifth Element. Yeah, so I'm glad for it. I hope it's good. Um, I hope it's good, and I also here here's the thing: I expect to enjoy Valerian. And a year and a half from now, when all of you watch it because you didn't go to see it in theaters, I hope you enjoy it too. Because they are they are seriously effing up the U.S. release of this movie. It's, They're effing it up on a John Carter level. And yeah. fuck all of you that didn't like John Carter. I'm sorry. John Carter's just okay. It's just okay, but it's not garbage. No, it's and, not. And our buddy Andrew Stanton deserved... Yeah. To not almost lose his career over that fucking no, movie. No, they're, they're opening, they're like, STX, which is the, the U.S. company that has the distribution on this one, they're opening it against Dunkirk. Oh, why? I don't know. It's opening opposite Even Dunkirk. if Dunkirk isn't good, Valerian's not going to do money against it. Mm, yeah. This is, and it, and also, I'm not looking forward to the uh, the hot take city oh, of this the opening. Nolan. Yeah. The, and, and again, I am, I love Christopher Nolan. Who doesn't? But, 
but his fans piss me off. Yeah, the 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 you know if, if the I swear I've been I've been there since following. No, you've been there since the Dark Knight. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. The if if you Sorry. Had, if like <laughs> if I had to imagine a hypothetical movie that would have the biggest mix of the worst of American white male film snobbery and also just plain old assholes who are a little too smart for their own good to love a movie too much and be assholes about everything else that comes out that year, it would be Christopher Nolan doing a fucking World War II movie. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so I'm I am fully prepared for Dunkirk. He to gets be... he gets like Cohen Brothers level fans without earning it. Sometimes, yeah, well, like, well, well, yeah. Well, also the Coen Brothers fans. If you don't like Coen Brothers movies, it's just a bunch of guys who are just gonna kind of go aw, and then quote like the Big Lebowski to each yeah. other. Whereas, like you know, Christopher Nolan fans, it, it is. Well, I mean, look, we're from uh, we're, we're from Boston, so we know exactly what Christopher Nolan fans are like. They're like guys who are way too into the Celtics. Yeah, but I mean, like, I saw Memento. Yeah, in theaters when it did its out house out art house run. Yeah. Right, I'm not going to sit there and tell you that I think Interstellar is a brilliant film. It's not. It's garbage. I, Bob thinks it's garbage. I like. <laughs> I like Interstellar, but Interstellar has a lot of problems. I think Interstellar's biggest issue is that it was someone that doesn't know how to write human emotion. Yeah, writing a Spielberg movie, and then Spielberg didn't end up directing it. Yeah. So all of the things Spielberg is able to fill in with the fact that he is a visual fucking genius. Mm-hmm. Nolan got cold feet and replaced it with exposition, and the exposition ruins the movie. Earth! No, the exposition ruins the movie. Earth! The, the third act exposition ruins Interstellar. Earth! Uh, yeah, shit. <laughs> Peter! Why are we going into mystery science? That, Your father's in trouble! That's all I could think of. Um, anyway, so, so Valerian. Valerian. Valerian is going to be brilliant. I hope I so. I hope so. Um, I, I heard it has more visual effects returns for edit than, like, any film ever produced. Awesome. Like, it was supposed to have, like, 250 VFX shots, yeah. and the 250 VFX shot all got returned over 100 times by Luke Besson personally. Yeah. So that either means it's going to be great or he's lost his mind. Um, I mean, he's kind of the... He's a weirdo. He, he's a weirdo in, like, the Terry Gilliam vein yeah. of weirdo. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm not even sure his, he shares his weirdo with anybody else. Yeah, he's, he's an odd He's kind of unique. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm digging I, it. And I'm hoping he has a big success i hope so i hope so and I'm, I'm starting to really dig the actor um dane dehan dane dehan i didn't i liked him in chronicle mm-hmm. he was garbage from what i've seen in the amazing spider-man 2 oh, but that, i haven't seen it but fucking cure for wellness we oh, keep going back wow. to that but i mean that was a powerhouse weird ass fucking movie oh, the cure for wellness and none of you have seen it yet yeah you gotta watch the cure for wellness so that like in a year's time when that movie and various things from it are like go-to jokes on like Adult Swim and Family Guy, so you know what they're talking about. Well, dude, that's I think that will soon be the like thing your older brother that like really really wants to egg you out, yeah. like shows you like this is what R-rated movies are like because yeah. <laughs> it's it's got a few bits that are just gonna they're just gonna fuck your shit up. Yeah, that's some na- <laughs> that's some na- that's some nasty shit. That was not a third act I was expecting. No, that, that third act is fucked. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah. that, that was a tangent. That, that was a that tangent. Was a t- that's that, a pad one. That was a bit of a tangent. That was. Um, so we were talking about Blade Runner. Blade Runner. And so I wanted to talk about just, we've got on the list. We don't have to go through all of them. Yeah. But Philip K. Dick. Yes. Philip K. Dick, um, you know, when did he, when did he no longer, when did he pass away? Um, it was before Blade Runner, right? Cause the movie was dedicated to him. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it, it was, it was pretty early on. So they've, they've 
adapted way more of his stuff that even probably should have been adapted into films. Yeah. But let's go through, you know, Blade Runner is a high point. Yeah. Um, what are, what are the other high points? Uh, I mean, we've got Total Recall. Yep. We've got uh, Minority Report mm-hmm. from the aforementioned Steven Spielberg. Minority Report, I fucking love. For anyone that doesn't like Tom Cruise, Minority Report is a really hard sell. Yeah. Um, to make you think of it. It's one of those movies where he just looks at you and goes, yeah, fucking hate me. Try. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's awesome in it and the movie is good. And that was the, we made that in secret with the money left over from AI kind of movie, right? Like, Spielberg didn't tell anyone he was making it. It just kind of happened. Um, a little bit. I, I think that's a that's a fantastic. But then you've got like your low points, like paycheck. Mm. Well, the problem with 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 a lot of of stuff is that Dick is in very much um, without be without having been uh, um, had the the success in his uh, in his lifetime the same way. Um, I'm trying to pull this up now, so we'll just leave this part out. Dead air. Elevator music about dead air. <laughs> My wife is listening to Gem and the Holograms, because that's <laughs> on Netflix, dead air. Do you have that list yet? I'm working oh, on it. Oh, we're talking about Philip K. Dick. I hope Bob doesn't edit this out. <laughs> I'm making songs about nothing. Dude, I'm going to say more movies that Philip K. Dick came up with because my brain's shot. Okay. Oh, Blade Runner. Yep. The Matrix mm-hmm. was paced. The original one, like you talked about in You're Really That Good, was paced very similar to Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah. It had more of that. We're going to let the audience soak this in a little bit and not have a ton of explanation. Mm-hmm. Philip K. Dick. Yeah, Philip, Philip K. Dick. Um, you know, the, the, the issue with, with a lot of Dick's work is that he... I should have done that, by yeah, the way. That's okay. A lot of a, a lot of his stuff is that he obviously was very deep into... He, he had a lot of issues in his life. He was very deep into psychotropic drugs, very mm-hmm. deep into the exploration thereof. So he wrote science fiction in the the very esoteric vein where the sci-fi conceit was an excuse to create a weird world and explore some kind of idea. And it's usually about altered consciousness, other minds not being who you think you are, that sort of thing. Um, so much like Stephen King... Um, without the same level of mainstream success as Stephen King in his own lifetime, um, where uh, a lot of Stephen King books are unfilmable because they're just, you know, ruminations on nameless horror. Under I, the dome. Yeah, right, under the dome. Um, I think the one about the woman who's handcuffed to the to the bed and may or may not be hallucinating things going on in the room around her is being made into a movie. No. I have no idea how that's going to be a movie. No. no, no idea how that's going to work as a film. But Philip Kinnick, in much the same way, he he wrote a lot of books and short stories that um, had a really cool hook that have been made into like Blade Runner is not an adaptation of Do Androids Dream of Electric? No, and you know what? Actually, I've I've read that book. Yeah, um, it out of I've read a lot of Philip K. Dick stuff. Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep's kind of all over the place. Yeah, it, it's, it's the, kind of not that great. It's good, yeah. but I think the movie kind of gets the central theme yeah. better. He he came, which up is with, a weird thing to say. Yeah, he was a great idea man and a great concept guy, and you can take his. I mean, if you want to see like a you know, a more a closer to straight adaptation of a Philip K. Dick book is um, the animated one, uh, a, a scanner, scanner dark, scanner dark. Which, if you were to tell me Richard Linklater doing rotoscope, doing sci-fi, and I'd go, "Excuse me." Yeah. Although Waking Life is pretty damn great too, and he did mm-hmm. that. That's not necessarily sci-fi, but right. Sc- scanner darkly is one of um, my very favorite Keanu Reeves performances, exactly. even though he's doing it behind rotoscope. 
Yeah, but like uh, Imposter, for example, was a 1953 short story yes. that they made into a movie, which is with Gary Sinise, which is a terrible movie. Yeah, it's you know, bad. but but you can see watching the movie how it would be more interesting as a book because in the book he just gets to, or the short story rather, it just gets to be. Wait, am I really me? I don't know, and just think about that for a thousand yes, pages. Let's think on that for right. a bit. Uh, Minority Report, same thing. Minority Report and the Minority Report are not the same thing, but the idea of, hey, what if cops arrested you before you committed the crime? Brain it's a brilliant wow, idea. What a, yeah. what, a, what, a, what a score. And that's the movie. Made. Paycheck, uh, a terrible film, but again, oh, another... Really was that... Was Paycheck John Woo? John Woo and Ben Affleck. Oh. That was the one. For those of you who haven't seen this one, Paycheck is a movie where Ben Affleck is a reverse engineer who they... they companies steal things from one another, and he takes apart the machine to figure out how they made it, and then just to make sure that he can't then give that stuff to anyone else, they erase the last week or so of his life where he was doing so from his memory, but he wakes up having a portion of his life arrest, uh, erased, he is wanted for murder, and has a bunch of just random crap in his pocket, and has to try and figure out who he is based on the crap in his pocket. It is not as good as I'm making it sound. It is nowhere near as good as I'm making it sound. Uh, the Golden Man was turned into Next. Oh, Next. That the, was Nicolas Cage, right? That, Next is not a bad film. Next is, yeah. the, Next is the one where Nicolas Cage can see exactly two minutes into his own future. Yep. So he is, which which turns out to be like an insanely useful superpower because he uses it to do magic in Vegas. But uh, oh he, yeah, but but <laughs> because he can do it, like if he can do this, this means he wins every fight he's ever going to be in because he can foresee every possible alternate scenario and always know where to move. Like there's a scene where a guy shoots at him and you see him like split apart into seven different dodges until you. Picks the one that doesn't get shot. That, yeah, that was really it's, cool. I forgot about he, that. He throws himself down a mountain and just pre-guesses where to put his hands and feet at all times in order to land. It's actually a pretty good movie. It has a wonderful, horrible cheat of an ending. Uh, the film is based on the conceit that he has been looking for a woman he has seen in his visions because she's really hot. And also he is convinced that because he saw her um, further ahead than two minutes, that Somehow, if he is with her, his powers are amplified. Um, you may be able to guess how the movie would get out of a dark ending by using that. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, being in a theater and watching an entire audience react to a twist ending and half the audience goes, Oh, fuck you! <laughs> and the other half applauds at the audacity <laughs> of the OFU. Do we, uh, we can end up, do you care? What about a spoiler for the ending? No, of no, no. I've seen it. Oh, well. oh yeah, oh yeah. You're right. So yeah. So for those, so you, you may want to drop your audio for a minute if you don't understand. But in the ending of this thing, we go through the he fails to stop the terrorist bombing, which is the context of the movie. Is that the the FBI comes to try to get him? He runs from them. Then right. he figures out, oh, I should join the FBI, and they try to stop the terrorists. He fails to stop the bombing, and then as he dies, the movie zips back out to you know an hour and a half earlier in the movie of Nicolas Cage sitting in bed with the girl and going, oh, and then he walks outside and meets the FBI instead of chasing them down and says, I know actually what exactly what we have to do to stop the terrorist. It's okay. I should probably get in your car right now. And that's the end of the goddamn movie. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. It's not knowing, but it's something. Oh, knowing is something else completely. <laughs> Second Variety, written 1953, was turned into Screamers. 
Okay, screamers. There's yeah. there's screamers. Yeah, okay, yeah. The the movie with uh, with the little robots and such. See, thing, he was writing this stuff in the fifties and sixties. He's writing about altered consciousness and dreamscapes. You know, in in a moment where science fiction was still like big walking refrigerator robots ch- right. chasing Flash Gordon around. The Adjustment Bureau. Not a bad film. Yeah, Adjustment Bureau is actually a better movie than I thought it was going yeah, to be. It's, it's not the bad, trailer right? made it seem like it wouldn't be as good as it was. It, it's sort of like The Matrix, but with all of the stakes taken out. It's like The Matrix in Inception with all of the stakes taken yeah, out. It's, it's kind of like yeah. a... <laughs> and, uh, you know, most of he wrote The Man in the High Castle, which, yeah, which yeah. is um, a, a series on uh, Amazon yeah. now. The, uh, the really, really fantastical alternate future could never happen here story of what would happen if there were Nazis in the American government. Well, well, well. Oh. Yeah, yeah, not, uh... <laughs> so there's that. If we unfroze actual Captain America today, he would be so pissed. Just, just like, it was now like, now you oh. see, Bob, that would be a great Captain America 4. Yeah, it would be. Just, or you make, like, another Marvel movie and just have Captain America, but fuck this. Yeah. Just leave. Just, 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 go just get it, get it. Well, like, there, there was, like, a Twitter joke of someone, like, uh, it was like, wow, hey, things are, things are great. Hey, how, how is the situation with the Nazis? I bet there's, like, no Nazis. I bet there's none. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet the number of Nazis is zero. <laughs> uh, why is this this isn't funny yeah yeah this isn't fun anymore hmm. <laughs> yeah back to the so philip, k. Dick. philip so, k dick so yeah all of that spawning from blade runner yeah um so what else we got uh what else, what else did happen in the world um uh, we got like you said we've got a cult of chucky trailer cult of chucky trailer looks uh, looks like a oh jumanji too yes we wanted the, to talk about yeah, that the trailer for the new jumanji dropped which is jumanji is not a great film but robin williams was in it and it was released on vhs so to a lot of people it is regarded as a classic and jumanji is a great idea yeah like yeah. Le- le- like and i think and that's why on paper yeah i don't really have a problem Mm-hmm. With where I think they went with the new gym. It, it, it's clever. I mean, especially yeah. if the game is sentient and is able to change itself into, this is what kids play with now. I need bodies. Well, yeah, or rather, this is what they would have played. Like, the... For those of you who've not seen the trailer for the new Jumanji, the first of its two new conceits is that whereas in the original film, Jumanji was like a board game from... It appeared, like kids in the 50s yeah, played. Yeah, it appeared to be like from the 1890s or so when they found it, and it is found and played by kids first in the 60s and then later on in the in the 90s. Uh, the new Jumanji is, this. now I feel old, is the, the ancient unknown tome that they dust off is basically a Super Nintendo. Yes, is is the the new version, and of where the Jumanji. the kids pick their character from what I would imagine is no, actually they show it yeah. is like a Super Nintendo era Contra style selection screen, yeah, right. But then see themselves embodied in what those characters would look like in real yeah. life, and their immediate reaction is this is some bullshit. Well, because the the, <laughs> the, the, the gag here is that the the twist this time is that in the original Jumanji, as you played the game, it made cartoon representate like you know cartoonishly dangerous representations of jungle animals spill out into the real world in this one they bring you into the game they're sucked into what i presume is supposed to be the same jungle from the original Jumanji. i hope so yeah um that that's really i really the thing the trailer doesn't tell me yeah is that the original jumanji had fantasy yeah Okay, and I don't don't go blowing up video games are fantasy, but, but here's the thing: the original Jumanji had fantasy. The other thing is you never see Jumanji. Yeah, and that's what bugs me about this one, and mm-hmm. but also could be cool about this one. Yeah, is you see the real world become the world Robin Williams escapes from when right, the kids yeah. play the game because now they're part of the game, mm-hmm. right? So you see all those characters spill out. That is a much more interesting idea, in my opinion. It also 
doesn't cost as much money. Right, yeah. This, they're kind of dumped into, like, Kong Skull Island type yeah. of joke, which is cool. Yeah. But it seems like since it's an action game, supposedly now, yeah. I don't see any of the fantasy. I don't see the giant Venus flytrap right. plants. And, you know, maybe there's maybe, maybe they're saving that, I would assume. Yeah. But, um, you know, I gotta say, I don't, I don't have the hate that a lot of people have for it. Maybe because I'm still a sucker for this kind of stuff. Yeah. I also thought, similarly, the Jack Black Goosebumps movie was fantastic. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. And I mean fantastic in, you know, we just talked about Blade Runner yep. being a movie that kind of had the balls to be more adult. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really seen much sci-fi go there. Yeah. Goosebumps felt like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, a little bit. And to me, that's a genre, like, the the horror that kids can touch yeah. was the whole point of those Goosebumps books. Yeah. So for the movie to kind of just be that, like, yeah. be a be a, um, a lesser Joe Dante movie, yeah. made me happy. Yeah, it was good. And so this one, yeah. just seeing Jack Black show up, he's in that mode. When Jack Black is in the uh, making money for Disney or whatever yeah. it is mode, he normally does okay. Yeah. The movies are kind of stupid, right. but he normally does okay. Well, the, And this looks, um, the original Jumanji is very dark, like for a movie like very that. Very dark. Because the whole point of the original Jumanji is, hey kids, you don't actually want this to happen. Like, you know, the, the whole point of that is the kid is looking to escape from, like, his father. It's still it's, amazing that, like, yeah. like they pulled the, the Peter Pan thing. The Great White Hunter is Robin Williams' dad. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that personified because that's how he depicted him or if there's something weirder going on. Yeah, it's, it's very, spooky. very strange. Yeah. Do, do you think they're going to, like, happen upon uh, what used to be Robin Williams' character's campsite or something in the yes, movie? Yes, guaranteed. I, I think they kind of have to. Yeah. Um, I think it would be a disservice. I think they win a lot of fans back if they do that. Yeah, or if like the way like out. there'll be a note mm-hmm. like or something, or the way out, the yeah. way out, the way out of Jumanji. Yeah, they he shows make- them. Or and you know, I hope there's something that ties it. Yeah, that I kind understand. of is like the game. The game became this. Yeah, to pull in a new generation of people. Well, I hope that's yeah. what they're going no, no, for. Do you, do you do you like the central joke of the new one with the casting? Do you think that's there? I think it's cute. Yeah. The for those of you who have not seen this trailer yet, the premise of the movie is that these are teenage kids in high school, and they are a nerdy kid, a shy kind of dorky, shrinking violet girl, um, the hot mean girl, and the jock. <laughs> and uh, they as they select their characters from the game. Um, they they are pulled into the game and they are transformed into the characters they chose, all of which are serendipitously the precise, these are cheesy 1990s video game character archetypes. Which was easy casting for The Rock yeah, because right. he is yeah. one. So they, they have all chosen characters that are the seeming opposites of their real lives. So the nerdy kid is The Rock as... Basically, Duke Nukem. A guy yes. His name is Smolder Bravestone. And he looks like he's having a fucking yeah. blast. Not that The Rock ever doesn't show up. Yeah. Because that can't be how you gauge if the movie's good or not. But he yeah. looks like he's having a blast. Right. The, uh, the, the the dumb jock, the, the mean jock guy is little itty-bitty Kevin Hart. Which is hilarious. Yeah. Ke- Kevin Hart shows up. Yeah. I haven't liked everything he's in, but well, Kevin he, Hart shows up. He's, Central Intelligence is an it's absolute a fucking riot. riot. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, um, the, the shy girl shows up as... Basically, Lara Croft is the joke. Like, she shows up and immediately starts complaining about, why do my legs look like this? Why am I wearing a midriff in the jungle? Where did these breasts come from? This makes no sense. And that plays well. I thought that, because seeing the pictures, the rage immediately goes, oh, God, what are they doing? 
seeing her, it's it's clever. They play right. it for a great joke. Yeah. And yeah. and since this is a 90s video game, and thus there would only ever be one female character, the mean girl turns into Jack Black. And is very, <laughs> so, uh, why am I an overweight middle-aged man? Yeah, I, uh. Which I, I don't still know, Jack Black? Ha- I, I, don't I, know. I don't know if it's the best idea, like at this point in time, to have a whole character yeah. that is here is what an angry middle aged male comedian thinks annoying teenage girls are like. Yeah, uh, but uh, let's uh, Jack Black can sell that. Yeah, but he, he like, but yeah. I mean, for instance, isn't this exactly what he was making fun of in Tropic Thunder? A little bit. Yeah, I mean, I know that's a, that everything in that movie was every car- every actor kind of playing a self referential. Yeah, right. I mean, everything Stiller did was very self deprecating. Everything yeah. Matthew McConaughey did was very self deprecating. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I can see the love for Jumanji. It doesn't look like Jumanji, right? I yeah. give you. The, but I'm open to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to I th- it. I think, I think it's probably not going to be good, but, but I'm open to no, it. I, I hope I so. I want yeah. it to be good, but I think just we yeah. – what uh, – Rampage, yeah. I'm also interested in even though we've seen nothing from. Right, right. I hope that's good. Is The Rock going to be a person who turns into one of the monsters? Uh, no, he, he, he is uh, an animal tra- – the 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 pitch for the new for the for the rampage movies that the, the monsters are not people turned into giant animals. These are oh I didn't read this the, part. The, mm-hmm. These are regular animals that have been transformed into. I don't know if it if it's just because it's still George and Lizzie, so it's a. I believe it's a. Uh, they said a, a, a wolf puppy, a gorilla, and a uh, an alligator. Good. So I don't know if they're going to be just a large one of those animals, or if they'll be bipedal kaiju like they are in Rampage. I hope, I hope they're so. kaiju. I you can't so. really do a yeah. Rampage movie. Right. I mean, especially since that's coming back. Yeah. They should probably... Their angle on uh, on that. I hope... this. Here's the thing. This is about where my number is for Rampage, because Rampage is a dumb, just-for-fun game, and I hope it's a dumb, just-for-fun movie. I really hope that if we are going to do, okay, it's a King Kong movie, but funny, I hope there's a scene where, like, a building gets a hole knocked in it by a giant monkey turd. I think that's, like, if you're if you're going to make a funny giant gorilla movie, don't you have to do the gorillas throw their poop thing? I mean, you'd think so. They throw, like, an 18-wheeler-sized piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just like, what is that? Like, the, the binoculars are up. Incoming! Oh, shit! Yeah, you get a little girl yeah. even better. Dookie! Yeah, yeah. Things, <laughs> so, so things like that. You know, it's, uh, so I don't know, but apparently The Rock is playing, like, an animal trainer who is trying to rescue these big animals, and, no, you don't understand, they're... They're gentle things, or something. I don't know. So All right, so there's who, that. Who, who the hell knows? You know, this is uh, we're getting a movie of effing rampage before uh, before a proper not movie. the UV Bowl rampage, not the Urba Bowl, which is actually a good movie though. It's the only good movie he made, actually. That, in my opinion, that, that and the school shooting movie, like neither one of them are particularly well acted, but his. Imp- oh yeah! Imp- implausibly, Irva Ball's movie about a a school shooting is actually pretty yeah. pretty subdued. Oh, no, uh, he and, did a good job and, with and, that and, one. Okay. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, right. Then he pissed it all away when he made the Postal movie. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've we've begun to ramble, so it's probably time to wrap it up. Chris, this podcast is different now because uh, this one is different, different a little bit, little yeah. yellow. Different, different. Yeah. This podcast previously had been supported as part of the Movie Bob Patreon, but is now being uh, supported by uh, Chris. Is uh, taking a more active role. He's taking over the uh, the producer and scheduling and uh, funding of uh, of this podcast. Yes, indeed. So um, 
I am on Patreon as The Chippa, which is also my Twitter handle. You can also get there. Chris Chipman, I think, brings you there because that's my name. Chris Chipman Patreon on Google yep. Search. Will Chris Chipman you. Patreon on Google Search. And um, I, I'm kind of using the banner that Chippa made this for right now to see if that sticks. Yeah. Um, so check out there. There'll be other podcasts and other videos coming from that. Um, again, not looking for much, just looking for um, an incentive to be creative. Um, you know, living costs money um, and creation costs money. Indeed. And so... Um, that's about all I got. Um, if, if you follow and support my Patreon, um, I would really appreciate it if you were also following and supporting my brother's Patreon because I really want to see what he's going to come up with. And inversely, I support my brother and hope you still do as well. So Indeed. Um, we'll do this stuff together. And uh, with that, this has been the, um, the Chipman Brothers Tangent. Thank you very much for coming along on the tangent with us. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.